What up, what up, what up everyone? Welcome to episode 32 of Combo's Court, and I am Combo. Shouts to Body Armor, and it would mean the world to me if you left a five-star rating and a friendly comment right on your Apple Podcast app. Today's show, Buster, the founder of Hoops Nation, joins in to chop it up with Combo. Make sure you go follow Hoops Nation on Instagram, and you know you can follow me on IG at 1-2-Combo. That's O-N-E-T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O. Let's get into it. Yeah. Buster. How are you? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm doing good, man. You were hooping the other day. How'd that go? It went well. It went well. Um, you know, I had a couple games this week. Uh, when was that? Must have been Tuesday. I was going against this older guy and this younger guy, uh, Mike Fouch and I. And we were, you know, we left it all out there. Mike's the man. I, I, only, I only see you uh, playing one-on-one, man. You ever go five, five on five? I got to do more of that. Um, I definitely do, but it's much easier to film a one-on-one and it's much easier to make it more about me True. Um, when in a five-on-five, I might get the ball one out of every five possessions, you know? True. Me, you, and Mike got to hit the gym one day. We'll play five-on-five. We Bring will. the cameras out. I love that. <laughs> um, Hoop Nation, man. What was your motivation to start that? Like, t- And tell us about Hoop Nation. Yeah, so Hoops Nation was originally a fantasy basketball outlet because I saw the amount of coverage that sports like football were getting with fantasy football back in like 2011, 2012, 2013. And I was, you know, dumbfounded at the fact that fantasy basketball was getting absolutely no coverage. So I decided naive 12, 13 year old me was like, why can't I do this? So I just started doing it. It was terrible. But what was important about it is that I, I started and I was just writing blog form, long form content about fantasy basketball. And then that turned into me learning how to edit videos and edit photos and then create content around the NBA, create highlight videos and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and then it eventually expanded to the point where Hoops Nation was a thing, which is my ideal outlet for a 16 to 24 year old that, that loves the NBA and basketball. Right. Like growing up, well, especially when I was growing up, there was nothing like what you're doing now or even what I'm doing. What did you want to do growing up? Was it something like this? So I wanted to be a broadcaster when I was when I was very young. I mean, I'm 18 now, but when I was like 9, 10, 11, 12 years old, I definitely wanted to be a broadcaster. And that was the direction throughout high school that I went in. You know, I broadcasted every sport on my high school radio station um, from, you know, girls, boys, lacrosse, boys and girls, soccer, football, softball, baseball. Uh, hockey, literally every game that I could broadcast, I was doing it. Um, and that that's what I thought my calling was until this other stuff kind of started popping off and broadcasting felt more like work. Um, that That's kind of where the change happened. I think what you're doing right now must be so much fun because you don't have to wait on finding a broadcasting job or waiting for an email from somebody else. You're kind of just going, you know, you're just doing what you do. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. I mean, that's that's the idea. Like everyone should, you know, strive to be as be as as much of an authentic version of themselves while making a living for it as possible. And that's a win. 
And yeah, Gary V always talks about that, man. And what's your relationship with Gary V? And what have you learned from Gary? So when I was 14 or 15 years old, my uncle put me onto some Gary content. And right. I thought that for like one of the first times that there was somebody that, that reminded me a lot of me now, granted a much more, uh, much, much more advanced version. And he, <laughs> he phrased things um when you put things in, in perspective and in ways that I hadn't heard before, but it all resonated with myself and obviously a ton of other people. That's why it's so popular. Um, but one of my mentors at the time is this Columbia professor. And I told him that I liked Gary. And fortunately enough, he knew Gary. And wow. one day I would occasionally sit in on his Columbia classes when I was uh, 16 years old. Yep. His Columbia graduate classes. And one day he had Gary come in. So obviously he, knowing how much I liked Gary, he invited me in. He told Gary before um, the he, he spoke at the class that I was a young version of him and that he was going to meet me today or that day. And I right after he finished speaking, I just walked up to him and introduced myself. And we started ch- talking and he invited and what, me. And what year was this? When was this? So it must have been 2016. Oh, okay, okay. Um and he, he invited me to Vayner, said I should stop by. So, of course, I did. And I had a couple mutual friends that, that uh, had worked there with Gary, and I was able to bring that up, and it made it cooler. Um, and then fast forward a couple months, uh, summer leading into senior year, I was offered an internship there. So I spent a couple, like, a month and a half, two months there, um, just kind of getting getting cool with everybody and I was working on a subdivision at Vayner um but it was it was very very cool and I've seen Gary a couple of times since and he's a he's a really good dude and you know as busy as he is he he definitely remembers everybody and everything which is pretty cool what have you learned most from him like on a personal level talking to Gary what I learned most from him uh to be more patient for sure and I've even seen it with like with my relationship you know, with him, like, theoretically, I could DM him anything or ask him for anything and he'll see it or whatever. But, you know, I, I'm not the type and I maybe this is learned from from him, but just understanding that relationships are like a 50 year game where you never right. actually ask for anything. And that's when the most value comes, because then, you know, that best way to build something is to not ask for anything. Just give never yeah. ask for anything. Always give, give, give. And it, in one way or another, whether it's to one person or another, it will always come back to you. And that's that's one of the biggest things that I've, I think I've learned just through him and through other people alike. Um, but patience is so much more important than than I knew as like a naive 15, 16, 17 year old. Right. Um, and I'm, I'm happy that I know that. And he always talks about like patience on the macro level and impatience on the micro level, like just doing as much as you can every day. And that really resonates with me. Yeah, it's big time, man. Yeah. Um, Definitely big time. NBA talk, man. Do you think the Warriors have a problem on their hands with um, Draymond Durant? I saw you posted today on your page. What do you think about all that? Or do you think it's something that will just blow over? Because I think winning cures everything. You know, I think at the end of the day, the Warriors cannot afford their current roster long term. I mean, Kevin Durant knows that. Draymond knows that. DeMarcus Cousins signed a one year with the intention of not returning, which is something that, you know, you just don't see, especially from an all-star or somebody like that. But, you know, I think time will tell at the end of the day. 
Now, if I were to make a prediction, do I think the Golden State Warriors are going to lose this year because of it? No, I, I still think they're that much talented. Even with chemistry and personal issues, they will still win the title this year. It's more about how long does this dynasty continue and can they continue building on it with you know, this message now out to the NBA world and the NBA players and the NBA community. Uh, and that's where I think the real risk is. But I think they'll win this year regardless. I think they'll win this year regardless. And I think this will blow over. This will just be a moment in time for sure. Jimmy Butler, man, do you think it'll work out with him? Like the fit with him, Joel, Ben? Yeah, man. I mean, that's a scary starting lineup with Joel, healthy Joel, healthy Ben, and healthy Jimmy Butler. And right. then you've got the depth um, of the J.J. Reddicks of the world. You know, it's it's a, it's a really mean squad. I think they could... It's between them and Boston. If everybody's healthy in the East and everybody's playing to their full potential, it's between them and Boston, in my opinion. Definitely. And they're saying Bo- Melo might go to Boston. Do you feel like he should just retire? Or what do Man. you feel about the Melo situation? Because I feel like he's just being used as a scapegoat. As a scapegoat, he's a Hall of Famer, you know, and everybody's just blasting him. It's so difficult for me because like I grew up watching Carmelo Anthony in the New York Knicks. Like I remember the day that Carmelo Anthony came over from Denver and I was just beyond hyped. And then seeing (laughs) him, I was at his 62 point game. Like, so you're from, wait, you're from, you're from New York. Yeah. I grew up in Brooklyn. Oh, okay. Okay. I didn't even know that. So I grew up, I grew up in Brooklyn and then halfway through high school, I moved to Connecticut and then finished high school in Connecticut and just moved back. But okay. Uh, you know, just being a massive Carmelo Anthony fan, like I still, I still feel like he has game. And I saw him in the gym this summer. You know, hoodie mellow at a, <laughs> a lifetime. Like I saw right. him, I saw him putting up shots, and he was making every single shot he took, off balance, ever, wherever, half court. Like he was making every shot he took. So for me to be like, man, he's washed up. Like it's just not. That's just not the case. Right. Um, you know. I think some of it has to do with the speed of the game and the, and the state he's in. He just has to find the right role and people that accept him and don't push him out after he plays three games, one of which he scores 28 points, one of which he goes one from 22, right? Right. Why, does, why do you think there's so much backlash against Melo? Like, he obviously could still play. What do you think the problem is? He has bad nights, man. <laughs> like, I'm not going to lie. Like, yeah. Like, that night against OKC was bad, man. Bad, yeah, that's, bad. Not, that's not a reason to for a, a player and a team to want to go separate ways, though. You know, just a couple bad nights. You know what I mean? I agree. But and what, pe- yeah, and what people forget about Melo is like he's had good seasons. Like how you said with the Knicks, like they've had sixty win seasons when Jay Kidd and him were playing. Like he could be a part of a winning team, and obviously in Syracuse won a national championship. I know that's college, but he could obviously he's a winner. You know, at heart. Yeah. I think. yeah. Gold medalist. He's got he's got stuff. Yeah, you see, like, and you see the memes now with his 2K rating. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. And I wanted to talk about 2K really quick. Like, okay. this phenomenon, man, like, you see players getting mad at, like, Ronnie 2K over ratings. Like, I feel like it's just a video game. But in this current climate, is it more than a video game to these players? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, when you think about how much time these players have on the road and, you know, in the locker rooms and at home, hanging out with each other. Like, what what else do they do besides play 2K? Like, right. that's always going to be the go-to. And when you're doing that, and when you're in the damn game itself, yeah, like, wow. Um, obviously, you know, I care, and I'm not even in the game, nor should I be, but, 
Um, you know, I can. Only I think soon. I think soon. Like, we, I I think soon you will be, man. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. But yeah, these guys just get so mad. Like you see it all the time on Twitter. It's crazy to me, you know. So mad. Yeah. Um. Last episode, I had Quinn and Richardson on. You had you had some time with the big three, correct? Yes. Yeah. How was yes. that? Ex- how was that experience for you? What was that like? It was awesome, you know. Uh, especially the training camp and like kind of the tryout period. That was one of the coolest things as well as like the draft itself, because like I found myself and all and granted, these guys are a little bit before my time, but I'm familiar with all of them through, you know, research and highlights and all that. And obviously them playing in the big three. Right. But, you know, like all of a sudden I found myself in a room with, um, you know, Dr. J, Ice Cube, right. Bibby, like Charles Oakley, and they're all like cool with me, which is like one of the weirdest things ever. Um, like legends, Clyde Drexler, like I had a dinner that was me, Dr. J, Ice Cube, and Clyde Drexler. Like that stuff is ridiculous, <laughs> ridiculous. It's it, it, and it, it really all started with social media, you know what I mean? For yeah. you. You know, that's crazy. It opened yeah. so many doors. It could not have started anywhere else. It definitely didn't start on the court. I wanted to ask you, man. I heard you had a game with Rabbi Drew. Will we ever see the video? Uh, maybe we might see. <laughs> we might see snippets. I was pretty tired when we did that, though, or when when I played Rabbi Drew. You know. Yeah, it's not me, man. I could call the rabbi if you want to play him again, man. I got <laughs> I got him on speed dial. Uh, you got the plug. Cool. I got the plug, man. Um. So now. You're almost like a role model. You are a role model to many kids, I'm sure, growing up. Do you have any advice for them? Any advice for a kid growing up wanting to do what you do? Man, so the truth is, um, like, it is impossible to do what the school system wants you to do and try to be like me at the same time. Like, that's just that's just the truth. Like, you got to go one way or the other. Right. Um, like for me, it was such an easy decision because I hated school so much. So I wasn't going to do it anyways. I wasn't a fan of school either. Which so allowed, <laughs> which allowed me to allocate a hundred thousand percent of my energy, but at, you know, at the expense of like D's and F's and C's, you know? Yeah. But you know, that that's because like every second of every day I allocated to either thinking about it or acting on some of the stuff I was doing and throughout high school, like, Junior year of high school, my school day was I wake up at 7 a.m. I'm posting throughout the day. Then the second 2 p.m. hits and I'm out of school. I hopped on the train, headed to Brooklyn, hosted a show, did a couple meetings after, got back at midnight, 1, 2 a.m. And how old were you at this time? How old were you at this time? 16 years old. And I was doing that 15, 16, 17 until the point where I was able, you know, now move back into the city and allocate entire days to that schedule. Um, and traveling now, working with players and all that. Yeah, a hundred thousand percent is what you just said, and I think that's what you need to be successful in what you do. But like, but it's so difficult for for me to say anything else to like fifteen year old Buster, right? And like, like screw school, you know? Right, right. Well, like, now that's just the truth. If you yeah. want to do that. Now, you so, can do the same thing at age 23. I just don't know what it's going to be like. So I'm guessing school is 100% out the picture for you. College, I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. I, I figured that. Um. So you're 18 years old, man, correct? Yes. 
where do you see this all going, man? Like, what's in the future for Buster? Um, so right now, it's it's a combination of building, you know, the brands that I'm helping build, um, helping certain players that I'm helping right now, helping uh, build my personal brand, continue to do that, and hopefully in, in five to ten years be considered as, you know, kind of the way that people look at you know the Stephen A's or people like that, just as far as impact on on the culture side, right, the right. side of sports. You know, hopefully at at some point in my career, people people look at me the same way instead of just hot take social media guy or whatever. But um, and show host or whatever, and broadcast or whatever it may be. Um, but continuing to expand my personal brand, you know, see more opportunities, maybe dive into acting here and there who knows um but just just continue continue it's that's the only thing i can do that's awesome man uh keep working at it i'm happy for you and you're always welcome back on the show man appreciate you being here let's go play some ball sometime man. Me, yes play. yes yes i need to run some fives i need to get get my reps in that way we will man we will we will we'll definitely go hoop soon i appreciate you appreciate you man all the best thanks buster there it is man episode 32 Big shouts to Buster and Mike Fouch for making this episode happen. It would mean the world to me if you rate, review, subscribe, write on your Apple Podcast app. Be on the lookout for episode 33. Combo out.